0: how you build rivalries and that's how you build atmosphere.
1: Edwards three-pointer is good! This team is right
0: there with anybody else in, in the country. Corner! Corner! They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year.
1: hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the zone star state podcast i'm matthew bruni and joining me once again is ishmael johnson ish how are you doing today tuesday uh it's been almost a week since our last pod uh had to let some some time pass but uh we're back how are you
0: yeah doing good uh of course we we went into the weekend or i guess we came out of the weekend with one I i not say one narrative but one big results uh, in the big 12 And then overnight, that result, I don't want to say didn't mean anything, but all of a sudden, just kind of like, okay, never mind. That result really didn't matter (laughs) in the grand scheme of the standings.
1: Yeah. Um, There's a lot to talk about, obviously, uh, with the Big 12, as always. But then uh, there's a couple of interesting um, mid-majors that I want to get into as well, uh, which we'll talk about later in the podcast. But. I'll throw it to you. Where do you want to start? Because we, we, like you said, we were texting. There's a lot of things. We we talked throughout the week, obviously. But uh, where do you want to start?
0: Um, I mean, we could start with the men, the Big 12, as we usually do. Uh, There were two two games, uh, probably, that that took our eye from our last episode to now. Um, Did we talk about Baylor-Iowa State? Yes, we did. OK, we did. So uh, that was. Oh, no, so, no, no, we no, we didn't. No, we didn't. No, we, we didn't. didn't. I was about to say, OK, we I thought. We, yeah, we, I, was, we were thinking, I was
1: thinking of Baylor TCU. The other that was the, right, the triple right. overtime game. I was thinking of that. We did not. Right. Baylor. So,
0: OK, so we have two Baylor and Iowa State, Baylor, 70, Iowa State, 68 and then and then Kansas over Houston uh, in Fog Allen. Let me see. What was the final score? That was 75, 70 in overtime. <clears throat> for for Can- or sorry no that was that was last night's game against kansas state uh 68 78 uh, 65 over houston i should say yeah uh in fog allen so and then the the game i was alluding to uh opening up was then kansas state went on to lose to or kansas went on to lose to kansas state and so yeah. houston's back in first in the big 12 uh so but shout basically tyler perry shout out tyler dude, Perry gmg that, that is killer man that dude's a killer man he's a killer um so first, uh, which one do you think we should go with first? Do you want to go with
1: let's Houston, start Houston or Baylor? More. Let's start Houston. Oh, let's go Houston.
0: So um this one to me, I think I don't want to say sure you could give you can give Kansas the the obvious fog Allen bump, right? They were uh I think for the first time ever, uh I was listening to the Ion Basketball podcast on, on CBS. Uh for the first time ever, Bill Self was able to use the underdog card yeah. because they were a betting underdog in yeah. Fog Allen, which...
1: They said it was the second what, what, time that's what, ever happened. The first time... Have, yeah. Do you want you want to guess the first time? That's impossible. It's, it includes Baylor.
0: <sighs> was it 2020?
1: Yeah, when Baylor, went, oh, when okay. Baylor was undefeated, went to Fog Allen, they end up losing the game. Baylor loses the game by 13, and then obviously Baylor yeah. goes on to win the championship. But um, that's the yeah. last time.
0: So yeah. So of course, Houston went in nineteen and two. Uh, Kansas went in seventeen and four. Houston was number four. Kansas was number eight. Um, and you know, Kansas came out and, I mean, honestly, the the thing that really shocked me was, I think this was like I think, I think this was like the most anybody has shot against Houston basketball. Like like not just this year. Like Houston basketball historically, they finished with like. 76% effective field goal percentage. They, uh, I think they finished with 69%, uh, oh, uh just, just flat out, out field goal. Field. Yep. It was insane. And I do think it's very interesting that this, this happened, uh, a couple of days after uh, hoop vision. I think I texted, I think I tweeted you the, or texted mm-hmm. you the, the video he did yep. hoop vision, who I really, really enjoy. He does really good breakdowns on, on, on YouTube did a story over Houston and the d- the defense, quote unquote, the defense that nobody can score on. Um, which up to that point, you know, we talked about the last episode, they want a historic pace. If you go back and watch that video, he shows what Houston does well, which is they're very aggressive at blitzing screens. Um, they're not, they don't even hedge. He, he can't even call it a hedge. Uh, he claims that Kelvin Sampson doesn't even call it a hedge. It's very much a, or doesn't even call it a trap, I should say. It's very much, it's basically a trap. I don't know. But anytime anybody sets a screen, the, 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 whoever's guarding the roll man, extends so far up the, up the court on the ball carrier on the ball handler that he basically has to pick up his dribble or he gets, or he turns the ball up. And that basically forces bad passes and all these different things. What he, what, what Kansas did, and I'm very curious if this was just a fog Allen crazy thing, or if this is a blueprint or whatever, what Kansas did was they were able to put somebody next to the screener, as like a easy outlet and not the role man either. Usually mm-hmm. the role, is the one that's open and they're kind of, but they're usually really impeded by whoever's uh, whoever's trapping. What Kansas was able to do was they would flare somebody else or they would let, whether it was KJ Adams or somebody kind of camp in that high post area and act as almost like a zone breaker a little bit. Like, like a short a- roll. Yeah, like a short roll. And then they, would, they were able to go two passes away. So instead of, you know, in a trap, there's always somebody open, but, you know, that pass is always hard to make. Kansas was able to do, okay, instead of one pass, we're going to do two passes, right? We're going to hit the short roll, and then that person is going to swing it to somebody else. And, again, I don't know if that's – I don't want to say a blueprint because it's not like this is easy to do or somebody would have done it already. Um, But I do think it was interesting that Kansas was able to, like, be very composed. Houston didn't change anything, right? Kansas was just able to be very composed and – I mean, carve up this defense that has not been carved up. Like no one, no one's even figured it out. Right. So it's not even not able to say that they've they've never been carved up. They've never been the reason Houston's lost a game period. And it was kind of rare that, yeah, it happened.
1: Yeah. The short role is utilized a lot in the NBA, obviously like Draymond Mm -hmm. Green. Right. When he sets in, they double Steph Curry and they dumps it to Draymond and then he makes a pass. Uh, The difference is in college, you don't have elite level shooters usually. Right. like that where it's like all right you have boom now it's a four on three and this role man always has to make the right decision and then you have to the the shooters have to make shots and uh there's a lot that has to go right offensively for that to happen in kansas to kansas's credit this year has been one of the best offenses in the country um i think they i mean they play one of the fastest paces in the game they um are number one in the country in assists per game. So it's like that's mm-hmm. the type of offense that can take, can take Houston out of their rhythm defensively if you play a team yeah. that can move the ball and play with that type of pace. So um, I do think there is something tangible we can take from that game against you know offenses like that. There, there could be a concern.
0: The, the one set, uh yeah, I was about to say it's not going to be many, and I'm very curious how this game plays back in Fertitta. Um I think this will yeah. be a very fascinating game. Um, but there was one, uh, I'm rewatching some of the clips here. There's one set that they ran that was basically a good summary of the game. Uh, it was about 15 minutes or so in the fourth quarter or in the second quarter, second period or second half, I should say. Um, and so KJ Adams sets a screen and his man comes up and I think, I don't know if that's Tugler or, or that's Jawan Roberts. They both come up. And somebody comes off of a screen. So the whoever that is carrying the ball, I can't see it. He dribbles up. And it's almost like a dribble handoff drill, almost like a weave a little bit. Mm-hmm. But KJ Adams is oh right. So like they trap him and he keeps his dribble up. He almost hits him, hits his man off of a off of a weave, and KJ Adams is there for a lob. And he just like opens it up right there at the top of the key and then just like throws the lob to a wide-open KJ Adams because he beat the he beat the uh the the role man or the the defender and so yeah. it was like those kind of things where they were setting up other they were setting up the pass before the pass a little bit and so I th- again that's you mentioned it like there's not going to be many teams that do that um there's not gonna be a, many teams that are able to do that well, but also, i do think that is very interesting that that's now on tape a little bit that maybe you can't get you can't beat the the press or the trap with the first pass yeah. maybe there's something there if you kind of deceive them a little bit well
1: Kansas. The interesting part is they shot sixty nine percent from the field. Like you said, good offense, yeah. good game plan, all that stuff. Still had eighteen turnovers. Houston. Sure. I was about to say they turned the ball, ball over a lot. Yeah, had forced eighteen turnovers. Houston still had thirteen offensive rebounds. Like you have to, you are going to have to shoot the ball incredibly well um, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. these teams that pass the ball a lot against Houston, against other elite defense, like we've seen it with North Texas, Texas State, like. When you play sure. these high-level defenses, the teams that usually pass the ball a lot, sometimes they get exposed. Sometimes they turn the ball over 20 times. And sure. the best way to beat teams like those North Texas teams and, and whatnot are sometimes just by isolation and just you know forcing the help on in the paint game, getting feet in the paint. So um, sure. I do think it's a, it's a blueprint of sorts. Um, I follow some guys on shot quality obviously mm-hmm. that is um for people who don't know it's like a, they track every shot based off of how open they are you know the level of shooter so on and so forth and uh Kansas clearly was on a scale of 1 to 5 and 3 being normal they were on 5 they were they were making shots that maybe uh they don't usually make but regardless yeah. um also Javier Francis Javier Francis left the game early yeah. Uh, but he's
0: okay and he and he's a big like i said we talked about him a little bit in the last episode. he's a big part of their defense um his ability to to get on the perimeter but also you know shut things down at the rim so yeah losing him was was a big big loss too only played six minutes there so i'm
1: not um super worried about houston um
0: yeah i'm not i'm definitely not worried um i'm I'm more interested to see if anybody take if anybody can take that and do something with it, or if it's just a Kansas like you. I think you texted him. He's like eh, Kansas and Fog Allen, right? Like, is that is it that, or is it something else? Um, I will say one of my colleagues, uh, he went to Kansas and he he he. I, I will give him credit. He called this Monday when I saw him. He was like the Kansas State game tonight scares me more than the Houston game. And it wasn't anything about Houston. It was just, it was a Fog Allen thing. He was like, I think we can win. Like, that's not going to bother me. When we go to Houston, that's going to be a difference. But he was like, Kansas State tonight scares me. And sure enough, (laughs) Kansas State won.
1: I mean, college basketball, it's not predictable, but it is to a degree where it's like Kansas playing at home against Houston, biggest game of the day.
0: I'm sorry. If you bet on Houston, I'm sorry. If you bet against Kansas State underdog at home, that's on you, man. That's on
1: you. And then, and then obviously, yeah, Kansas goes to Kansas State, and you're like, all right, well, Kansas State's not great this year, but clearly, right. obviously, they have a great home court. They're going to play this game with their hair on fire. Like, that's just how things go. Now, we can flip it a little bit, because Texas beat TCU on the road, and <laughs> I want to say this This says more about TCU than Texas, because I'm mm-hmm. I'm borderline off of TCU right now. I okay. am quite concerned with... Um, where we're at with tcu overall and i understand i say that with them being five and four in conference you know having wins over baylor on the road texas tech i don't it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel right watching them right now uh we were texting about like the ball handling a little bit about just how they don't look comfortable getting into their stuff when they're not running like when you get them in the half court it feels very it lacks fluidity. Like They're not getting great looks. Um, they shot 7 of 12 from 3 against Texas and still lost. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't love the 3-point looks they generate. Um, so, yeah, and three hundred 331st and 3-point attempt rate. I don't know. They, this is a team that has to run. They're 20th in the country in offensive tempo. They have to run, maybe even more so yeah. than last year, uh, in order to, to be comfortable. But lose to Texas at home. Now they have Iowa State on the road on Saturday. We'll see. Uh, I'm not saying they're not going to make the tournament or anything like that, but the ceiling for TCU to me is lower than what I thought it was.
0: I can see that. I can understand that. And Um, also give credit to Texas. Sorry. I forgot to, I I don't want to overdo that. (laughs) I was about to say, no, it's definitely, it's, they've hundred percent turned their season around. Um, They've, I think, I think they fully realized that Kendall Weaver should be in the starting lineup. Um, And I'm not saying he's changed everything, but he's definitely made their, He's a symbol of how they've fixed their rotation and fixed that the guys that Roddy Terry can go to. This is all about him
1: and Max Aizman being the primary ball handler yes. and primary sco- yes. scorer. Tyrese Hunter, 1, I'm sorry, you're you're a really good player, but this is Max Aizman's team. I
0: was about to say he and he. I mean, let's be honest. He's also really regressed this year. He just has yeah. not been. If you he would have taken him from his freshman year at Iowa State to now it's i mean if anything he's plateaued or gotten worse yeah um so, so yeah so this so, is max ace yeah. team
1: he is shooting the lights out the boy shooting with volume he put the, the game away against tcu i mean yeah. th- yep. th- was it three straight threes at the end yeah um and then, just an awesome play. and then also
0: like Remember when we were like, "Yeah, how much does Dylan DeSue fix?" Turns out a lot. Like, t- turns out he, just, turns out we were both like, "I don't know how much Dylan DeSue helps this team." Nah, turns out it, they were just missing somebody like Dylan DeSue as well. Because I, I think I tweeted. I was like, "I don't think this team makes like, does this team finish top half without Dylan DeSue? No. Like, no. no. Like, there's no like. And, and again, I, I knew he ended the year really well, but I just didn't think he was that pivotal to what they were doing this year. And he has been, he's been clearly like, I mean, I'm trying to think first team all big 12 probably.
1: Shoot. I'd have to think about that. There's so much time. Like, I mean, 12. I'd have to think about it. But there's a, there's a red lot, red red lot of talent.
0: Red. Don't get me wrong, but he is yeah. in the conversation of just Especially in terms of what he does. And
1: he's definitely yeah. in the conversation like Dickinson. And then it's like, yeah, I don't know who else you're putting in. I'm definitely forgetting somebody, but like, jawan roberts yeah i was
0: emmanuel about to say at miller. that point you're like i mean I, we know that jawan roberts is very valuable but like do like voters know emmanuel miller put team will get together some. you know
1: emmanuel miller yeah. will get some i don't think he's yeah. i mean i guess get, i mean um,
0: i guess let's say i guess right now i'd probably go dickinson missy maybe
1: i love we love Missy. Right?
0: we love Missy. without Without doing too much thought into it, right? I, I think he this would be on our first effective. team
1: all Big Twelve. He, That's would sure. uh,
0: he probably wouldn't make it. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, that that the point is the fact that it's a conversation. I think shows how much we undervalued what he brought yeah. to this team. Yeah, um, so. I do want to ask you a question, so we can use this to kind of talk about Baylor Iowa State as well, which was a crazy ass game where Scott Drew got ejected for for kneeling yes. on the wrong side of the coaching line. Um, Baylor came out and won, of course, but that was, I mean, mac Rhodes came out and spoke and, and slandered the refs. And he got announced today that he was going to get fined, yeah. um, which again, the fact that Scott Drew got ejected for the first time in his career. And then Mac Rhodes, who does not talk about anything at all, got came out and released a state. Like it just shows it was, it was a bad officiated game all around. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, Baylor was 0.5 seconds, probably from losing that game. Momsilovich, they drop a great play. And he nails that shot, but it it's still in the tip of his hands when he's letting that go. We are 0.5. Uh, let me check the records. We are 0.5 seconds away from Baylor being four and four right now yeah. in the big 12. If you look at the big 12 right now, and we'll throw AM in there as well. Is there anybody from the big 12 slash AM that would make the second weekend of the tournament? I can bet on Houston. And as far as putting money, that is the only team I think right now that I would put money on.
1: This is the problem. Yeah, this is the problem. It's Baylor, Tech, TCU, Texas, and AM. Those yeah. five. And by the way,
0: I'll be, at the, I'll be at the Tech-Baylor game tonight, so I'll, I'll be very fascinated oh, nice. to see how both teams come out. Nice.
1: I don't feel great. I don't feel good about any of those because how many of those get a top three seed? None of them, right? Am I
0: outside of Houston? Tech, yeah, I mean,
1: Tech keeps winning. Like, I like Baylor, maybe if they keep winning, I don't know if any of those get a top. Uh, has Tech oh. is a
0: seven, TC is oh, a yeah, 10. AM's out right now. Oh, gosh, Texas. Oh, we need to. i oh, sorry, we'll no, talk no A&M's A&M last. I'm oh, sorry, AM's last four in. Uh, okay. Texas seven. So, yeah, no, none of them get a the top three. Where's Baylor? Houston baylor is oops, sorry they should be high. uh four they're just out four yeah they're just outside so again a win against iowa state and then maybe a win against tech and they're back in the conversation for a top three so
1: so we'll yeah, see it, it becomes where obviously when you get a four seed and you know who knows where you're playing but that's like that four <laughs> this, or five
0: projects, game. this projects baylor this projects baylor fau round two <laughs> Exactly, That'd be fun, as I, I, That'd be fun as hell, but yeah, those are like the, I, I'm yeah,
1: very two of the best of offenses in, in, in the country here. But playing like those are the games you're gonna have to play second round in a four five, like yeah. if you're a four seed, three six, I think is a huge advantage. Um, in theory, mm-hmm. so it's yeah, that would be tough, but I there's none of these teams, like you said, and I think this could speak to even if you want to, you know, big picture college basketball, but mm-hmm. I'm going down. Houston, Purdue, UConn, Arizona, Aub- these are the top teams on Ken Palm. Auburn, Tennessee, mm-hmm. Alabama, North Carolina. I think those top eight teams are – like that's the line of demarcation to me. Um, yeah. And I, it's a Texas podcast, but like those are the top eight teams to me. And then everybody else is like, all right, how are you sorting out Wisconsin, Kansas, Baylor, get, you know, those type of teams in here, uh, Kentucky, like – Texas, so on and so forth, um, BYU, Illinois. I I don't know. And so that's where it is scary for us because usually we go into it saying, all right, we got Houston, we got Baylor, you know, we got Texas could make a run at this, so on and so. I Texas has to make the tournament right now. Yeah. They, they, their job is not yeah. done. Texas has to beat Iowa State tonight at home in order for me to feel good about them being in the tournament right now. Are, I think were they on the bubble in Lenardi's last one, or they're they're holding on. Texas? I think they're just inside the bubble.
0: Texas is in right now.
1: Yeah, as a as a what a nine 10? a seven. They're
0: seven. They're seven okay, right now.
1: Seven. Okay, they've they've so, tur-
0: they've fixed things quite a bit. Um, But yeah, a was the only one like last four in, I believe.
1: Yeah, so last I sorry, la- uh, last four buys. Sorry. Yeah. So I don't feel great about any of those. And Baylor, yeah, as much as I want to like them, you're seventy fourth in the country in defense. You're eighth in the conference in terms of uh, in conference play, defensively. You play a tech. They play Texas at home tonight. Texas Tech at home tonight.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Should win. Should win. Mm-hmm. I don't feel don't feel great about it, but should. Right. All right. Um,
0: That's all I had on the men's, at least for the Big Twelve was concerned.
1: Well, let's talk about the women real quick. Okay. Uh, really, just one team. Just one team. Texas. Yeah, Texas I was gonna team. say
0: like. Talk about if you want to talk about teams that we would bet on. It's just
1: one. I, I, I was wrong. I was wrong. I thought I didn't okay. I didn't think the season was over with Rory Harmon out. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they were capable of potentially competing for a Big 12 championship and potentially being like a top two seed in the NCAA tournament. I didn't they I wasn't came, expecting Yeah.
0: That they I, I still yeah, I still think there's something in terms of like a ceiling with this team. Right, I still think that there's there's no again, team they, in the would world that can take advantage of that though. No, right, right. I was gonna say there, there's still. I'm, t- I'm looking more towards the tournament, right? With yeah. Rory Harmon, I think this is a national title contender. Uh, without Rory Harmon, I think there's probably a hard out at the elite, Eight, uh, probably maybe maybe even before that. But but with that being said, I did not expect Madison Booker to just play point guard, like just mm-hmm. just to be able to play point guard just like nothing. Um, I did not expect. I mean, I don't know if this is just a matchup thing or what. Like, I don't, I didn't expect Baylor, Texas just to have Baylor's number like they did in their last game. Um, Cause they just had their number and Baylor could not do anything like that. Nope. That at home, right? An incredible atmosphere coming off of the announcement of Brittany Griner. So, like, there was a lot of buzz around the program. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I know that that wasn't the game they retired her jersey, but it was the first game that they played since that announcement came out and Texas came in and again Madison Booker's running the fast break running running the point on the fast break and in transition and just things are just looking so fluid and it's almost like they know that they can't be as they're not trying to find the Rory Harmon anymore right they know that they can't be as aggressive on the perimeter in terms of defending they know they don't have that person they can just stick on the other team's point guard and just go but it doesn't matter and they are just they're playing with a lot more tempo than i think i expected them to play without her um and madison bookers i mean legitimately being a she's a freshman all american and she's gonna finish as probably a first team big 12 player like it's it's stupid
1: i watched this game uh i watched the like the 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 condensed version of this game um hmm. Aliyah moore was what stood out to me 100 they now, have so
0: much they're starting to get healthy in the front court and that's really scary yeah,
1: and for those who don't know, she played nine games last year. I blew tore her ACL. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you rehab from that. It's been, what, now a year or so from that, so you're just now starting to really get your feet on you. I thought she looked fantastic. Eight of 16 from the field, seven boards, um, mm-hmm. 19 points. So now you have Aaliyah Moore. You have Taylor Jones still there who had 14 points and nine rebounds. Uh, you have Muhammad. You have Gaston. Um, that front court is the reason why they're so good still. And then you throw yeah. in Madison Booker as like the only perimeter scoring threat because Shayla Gonzalez 0.04 shooting. Uh and Shay Holly, two points, one of four shooting. Like th- this is it. Th- this is who they're this is who they're rolling with. There's no rotation mm-hmm. at the guard spots. Those three, Holly Gonzalez and Booker, are pretty much all they got. Now they played one uh tonde um 17 minutes this past game uh against Baylor. And I, you know, she looked fine, but Aaliyah Moore was the one that stood out to me. So then you jump to the Kansas State game. Now, Kansas State was number ranked number two in the country. Neither one mm-hmm. of us thinks they're the second best team in the country without uh, Aoka Lee. Uh, mm-hmm. But they've been winning games and they hold them to 36% shooting. Again, Madison Booker, 20 points. Again, Taylor Jones, 13. Aaliyah Moore, 10. Like Gaston, 8. They're just in waves. Killing people on the inside. 15 rebounds for Aliyah Moore. Mm-hmm. They out rebounded both uh Kansas State and uh Baylor by like nine and thirteen. So this is a Vic Schaefer team right now, and it has Madison Booker on it. And so everybody should be terrified. And I said that they <laughs> could compete for the Big 12 title. Oklahoma is still two games up, they're nine and one. Mm-hmm. Texas has three losses, but um still this has just been really yeah. impressive.
0: It's it's crazy to see like cause yeah, they basically play, you know, their lineup is basically uh like you mentioned, Holly, Booker, and um Shelley Gonzalez, and then they just alternate Jones and 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 now more. Um and it's it's crazy to see like how you know Roy Harmon set up so much for that team and I think Holly and, and Gonzalez are the ones that probably suffer the most offensively without her um but I thought it'd be the bigs I thought it'd be Taylor Jones right but it hasn't been um Aliyah Moore is like there was there was a lot of shots where she like she was in the high post area and she either pulled up or like kind of drove to the basket and it's like oh Vic Schaefer's giving her a lot of freedom to like yeah. work in the paint um Madison Booker, like they're running stuff for Madison Booker to where she gives the ball up and they kind of run a weave and she's able to kind of dribble off into the paint and get her own scoring going. So it's like, it's crazy how like seamlessly, I mean, not seamlessly, obviously there are issues and their there are things they could probably be doing better if they had Rory Harmon, but they kind of still remade this offense a little bit to let her... Mess up too because, like, she has she's still averaging, like, I think she has like a one to one turnover. Uh, a lot, of, turnover, a lot of turnovers, yeah, a lot of
1: turnovers, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. but like, okay, that's what you got to kind of live with because she's by far your best creator, and so she's a freshman, and so you're gonna let her kind of make mistakes and you know, show her what works, what doesn't, and she'll learn from that because, yeah, I mean, we talked about her a ton, we'll probably keep talking about her. She's probably a lock for freshman of the year as far as we're concerned, um, and in the big 12, yeah. In the big two, yeah. In the big, yeah, I was about to say we got we got
1: juju and and all right juju's Latin doing over National. there doing some something else.
0: Playing the I was about to say juju's there. doing some uh uh sacrilegious things over there.
1: With, I'm just salty. USC. I'm just salty. Sorry to yell at the tangent, but I'm just salty yeah. because Juju scores fifty one, and which is she's the best player, best freshman in the country by far. Yeah. But yeah, um yeah. I'm a hey, Michaela Williams, I'm gonna keep staying on my podium. She scored forty two this year, so not too far off. I wanna say that on yeah, a public but... platform because I've I've been thinking it for the past week.
0: Uh, there you go I mean look it's, it's a crazy freshman class and okay. you know it, it's Vic Schaefer got one of them right which is a huge credit to him um it's a huge credit to where that program is because the fact that you know if this is Rory Harmon's last year the fact that they're going to transition into this you know modern big slash wing who can handle the ball shoot a little bit maybe can get better at shooting but defend a little bit go in go inside like You look at her and you're like, I'm trying to figure out what's like the equivalent to like what Madison Booker's doing, either either the men or the women's game. Like, is it like like a
1: player comparison?
0: Is it like a player comparison? Is it like a I mean, honestly, is it like a little bit of a Ben Simmons? Right. Like that size, that defensive ability. She's obviously not afraid to shoot like him, but like,
1: (laughs) I mean, heck, I'm thinking like. I can't I can't say that name. People take that context. Oh, no. I'm thinking like Texas version, like
0: Texas KD, Texas Kevin Durant. Yeah, or it's just like you can do some – you you may not be the best playmaker in the country, but you're the best one on this team, and we're going to give you the ball.
1: Like had the ball in his hands a ton. Um, yeah. Not a like a good team around him, not great. Like they had like a little bit of right. a ceiling. Um, but like he was clearly the guy. It's like, all right, we're giving you the ball, <laughs> and you're going to go yeah. do stuff. That's fair. Um, Now, obviously, I I was fairly, I was fairly young when Texas had Kevin Durant. I think I was like ten. Yeah. But, um, man, these these early Texas teams are always fun to look at. Like, oh sure, they were good. Oh, they were they were Um, insane. Kevin Durant had was 17th in the country in usage percentage that year. His numbers are. Stupid,
0: that was crazy. 40% yeah, that, from three.
1: Sorry, um, I just went down a Kevin Durant rabbit hole, of, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's like again, you give them, give, uh, give her the ball, uh, let her create better or worse. We know she's young. Rory still has mm-hmm. one more year though, right? She's a junior
0: if she wants to come back. Yeah, I, I assume she will. But I don't think she'll want to. Oh, well, don't they I mean, stay, her draft stock could have been great weird in college? It's three, I thought it was three. I thought it was three. Maybe I'm No, yeah, because Kennedy Carter left after her junior year from A&M. So. Okay. And then Paige oh, Beckers is only a, is only a junior, too. Yeah. I mean, well, I was assume
1: older. Maybe they were – because it's an age
0: thing. Maybe, yeah. Uh, Regardless, I don't think she would come out because, like, one, it's a very deep guard year. And I think in the right – like, next year, I think she could be a top, like, five pick potentially yeah. if she finishes yeah, she, the year. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. So, this year's draft is crazy. Um, she has to be at least you have to be at least twenty-two years old. As of I don't know what state that is. But she, I don't think she's.
0: I'm curious how old she is. I don't think she's as a I don't junior. Think she there's no she might be twenty. No, no, she is. She just turned twenty-one this past year.
1: So okay, so yeah, she would have to stay one well more. We got her for another one. Lock her in.
0: Yeah, Lock there we go. In. Texas
1: winning next year. <laughs> there you go. Get your Texas futures now. Yes. <laughs> Place your bets. <laughs> um. <laughs> last last thing on the women's side um yep. we've, we've we've talked a lot about Lamar. We don't have to spend too much time on this, but um mm-hmm. they just beat Anne Corpus Christi 63 to 57, now 8 and 1. And there
0: is a new king or queen in the in the Southland.
1: Lamar is here um tied with Southeastern atop the Southland conference. Um out-rebounded Corpus Christi 44 to 27. Um this Lamar team is a lot of fun they are mm-hmm. physical they're they're not even that big like they're big akasha davis is big but like sabria yeah. dean's getting seven rebounds and then their wings are rebounding and they're just out rebounding everybody they play this is incredibly imp- imp- impressive from the we've talked about them a lot so um you don't have to go too much depth. but yeah. i didn't want to mention I'll s-
0: no i'll say this like aqua franklin very soon has to be getting on people's radars as like a possible option mm-hmm. to go up a level. Um, she is, I believe she she's a native Texan, right? She's from Tyler. Uh, let me see. I think she was a Kansas. Yeah, she was a Kansas assistant for the longest time. I think she's a Vic Schaefer disciple. Like I think she was at Mississippi State for a while. Um, yeah, yeah. Here she is. Uh, she was Gary Blair first as an assistant, and then she spent a good like three years or so at, at, at under Vic Schaefer. So. Again, like those those got those dudes know toughness. And it yep. doesn't surprise me that their their assistants are preaching toughness. But Aqua Franklin, she's only 38. And so I this is gonna be a name that people, if there's any jobs that open up, um, honestly, not even just Texas, but like the Southeast entirely. Yep. <laughs> um, whether it's a mid-major or whatever, I think this is gonna be a name that people should be paying more attention to because she's done again. Lamar is not a it was not a good in a good spot. And the yep. fact that they were able to kind of I think this is her fourth year if I'm not mistaken um let me see night 20 yeah fourth year so fourth year um yeah I mean she's gonna be some she's gonna be on some people's radars very soon
1: Akasha Davis well, if we look back at our fantasy draft Akasha Davis mm-hmm. getting her that late I win I win the draft off that <laughs> <You laughs> She your- she's averaging 18 and a half and 14 on 60% <laughs> yeah. shooting in conference no, play. She's filthy. Um her and Sabria Dean one-two punch, um, it's really fun. Good for Lamar. She's shooting
0: sixty percent from the floor. That's nuts.
1: Yeah, exactly. Her and Sabria Dean are uh, ballers. So, <sighs> we'll keep an eye on that. See if Lamar can win the conference. Man, that would be a story in itself if Lamar wins the. That'd be conference. fun as hell. Absolutely. Um, I watched. I watched part of. I did not watch the full thing, but I watched enough of Tarleton State men. <laughs> Beating Stephen F. Uh-huh. Austin, 75-64, sixty-four, eight and three in conference now, second place.
0: Are we? Are we chaos balling it? Chaos this ball. This is.
1: I, I'll get to that in a second. Um, yeah. Okay, okay. But this definitely feels like to me. It's like the the, the look at us meme. Who'd have thought? Yeah. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Not not me. Not me. <laughs> Tarleton State, and again. Um, I don't know the uh specifics, I should have probably googled it before I started, of uh Gillespie's um health status, um, sure, sure, sure. Oh, yeah. so he um, he is not on the sideline, or he at least is not the active head coach right now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but and with that change, hold on, let me let me get it because I forgot the um, the, the name of the head coach that's in in place right now, and I do want to give him a, a shout out.
0: Oh, yeah, the, yeah, it was a former AM player, I think. Joseph um, Jones. Joseph yes, Jones,
1: yes, he's been phenomenal. And they talked about on the broadcast a bit like the change that he's brought to this okay. team. Um, mm-hmm. because obviously, Tarleton is Tarleton, we know what they are over the past few years and how they they play in like chaos ball, as we coined mm-hmm. to a degree. But they are playing, how do I describe it? They're actually shit? scoring, aren't they? <laughs> They're scoring the ball, man. This does it, yeah, it's yeah, I was not like, that was something chaos. that is not. It's not as it's not chaotic anymore, really. And the thing yeah. is, they're not even into the line as much anymore. They're eleventh in right? the conference okay. in free throw attempt rate. So now, ish, they are um, sixth in assists. They are eleventh in turnover or in a uh, in free throw rate. They're only yeah they're second in the conference in turnover rate. So they're not turning the ball over anymore. This has gone completely left from where they were last year. Man. And I would just watch that SFA game. I was like, this doesn't feel like the same
0: team that even from earlier right. this season. When when I was about to say earlier Kobe. this year, we were still talking about this team playing that style of play.
1: Yeah. Earlier this year, it's like, well, okay, they're just gonna keep doing this, doing this. And now again, I'm Gillespie according to the broadcast, Gillespie has had like a hand in, in coaching as well, still. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but him, Joseph Jones, like whether it's changed to personnel or whatever it is, this has looked like an actual like fluid offense that is giving these teams in the whack a lot of problems. Um Corey okay. Smith, I think I texted you about him. He deserves yeah. a ton of credit. Uh, the past three games, seventeen points, seventeen points, twenty-eight points. Like he scored double digits in basically like all the conference games except two. Um, mm. So yeah, put Corey Smith on our radar for all com- for all uh, Texas teams, and I just like the balance they have. Um, again, I didn't watch the full thing, but I I watched enough. They jumped sure. on FFA early. Um, it was like eighteen to four, and it was in um it was at tarleton state and the crowd was there it was lively it was fun and lo and behold here we are eight and three tarleton (sighs) state now they're not going to win the conference grand canyon is on a planet of its own right now uh i was about to say
0: they're also underdogs in like their next three or next four games (laughs) so people still does not believe in uh in tarleton
1: Yeah, I mean, they think they were – it was, like, even with them and SFA, like, betting line-wise, it was, like, a pick'em almost. So, um, yeah, Utah Valley on the road, Seattle on the road. We know those games. And then UT Arlington on the road is their next three games. If you can just get – I mean, honestly, if you could just get one, but if they could somehow get two, Mm -hmm. I mean, again, you keep the pressure up on uh, Grand Canyon to be perfect, which I think Grand Canyon will be fine, but um, still – great great year from them and they're a fun team we'll have to talk okay. about them more if they that's keep awesome
0: winning. yeah no 100 i agree with that um yeah that that's a really cool story if, if joseph jones is able to kind of keep that going because i mean that again that raises his profile as a coach yeah. right and like does some team want like you know if billy gillespie stays on right there's always the possibility that he just he was always the head coach and waiting and he retires mm-hmm. or whatever but if he stays on jones may be like "Eh, i want to be my own head coach and go somewhere else so um all right one i got one question for you because you and colin are keeping track of this what's going on with uh what's going on Din? oh
1: see this is good this is good this i i need i always need you to remind me to talk about north texas Yeah, yeah yeah no it's my job
0: was to fau at fau which i'm not to you know whatever it is what it is fau is to final uh, reigning final four team or national title team i should sure say Or runner no did they win final They're four final four Yeah, the national title completely just like blew past my mind um so anyway reigning final four team understandable uab and s and usf now so what's what's happening
1: I'm trying to decide it we give you the long answer or the short answer. Um, I'll say short, this: uh, Jason Edwards is a dude. That he is a dude. Man, he's a dude. Um, all right. He's in so, short, so good. <laughs> like yeah. just to simplify it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Ruben Jones being hurt really hurts. Uh, for mm-hmm. one, and then uh, C.J. Nolan didn't play the last game. Uh, they've been battling a couple injuries here and there, and. That's like the simplified version is I do think injuries is a big part. Second of all, closing games has been a problem for them the entire year, right? Mm. Um, You can go back to every loss pretty much. I think all but one of their losses has been by five or less. So, Mm. yeah, of the nine losses, I think eight have been by five or less. So this has all been just last second stuff, you know, last two minute execution, which maybe you could attribute to. Ross Hodge being a new being a first year uh, coach at this level, if you wanted Mm -hmm. to. Um, But yeah, they're losing close games right now. And that's kind of what it's been the entire year. Uh, Lose to FAU on a double clutch three at the buzzer. Pretty much UAB. They blew a 17 point lead, go to overtime, lose the game. Uh, USF. They were up. I don't even know how much time that feels a back and forth game. They end up losing at the end. So like, I think injuries, like if they're fully healthy, I think this team is one of the best teams in the conference comfortably. But now that they're like injured, it's like, all right, just give it to Jason Edwards, try to play defense. Um, You know, without Ruben Jones, their defense is kind of limited. And then they played good teams, right? Uh, FAU is, is really good. UAB and USF are sneaky good this year. Um, So the losses hurt, but It's kind of like all the, I don't want to say luck from the last few years, but, you know, North Texas the past few years has been like, haven't got injured. They've hit like some game winners, you know, they've, they've pulled some things out of their behind where you're like, okay, you know, that's, that's awesome. I was about to say
0: a lot of the bounces went their way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: like That's North Texas, you know, that, and I, again, you can credit that to coaching culture and whatnot, but this year it's like, like I watched them lose to Fordham when, they get a stop and the ball like bounces around and Fordham grabs it and puts the ball in the rim with two seconds left to win the game. Right. I I watched them up five on LSU late to lose the game. So they've lost a lot of games. Maybe they should have won, but um, yeah, it's kind of just a weird year where it's all culminating. Now I will say if they get healthy going to tournament play, sure. I'm not sure how many teams I'm taking over them. Cause I think FAU, they can, they have FAU's number they, from last year too. They can beat that for you. They mm-hmm. can beat Memphis. They can beat SMU. Um, they just have to get healthy, and that's my biggest question.
0: Okay, I uh, will say I'm I'm a little interested in because I agree about Jason Edwards being being incredible. God, he's awesome. Have you seen his home and away splits? No, he. I think that's a step for him as a player. He shoots a lot worse on the road. Not even just like typical it's a lot worse like he's so he's 45.6% at home 39.5 on the road and his three point percentage dips to below 30% on the road which i think is very fascinating so points wise yep. just drops two points. I think that's about average. I think that's about on par for a player who you well, know the three I'm point
1: on. percentage is really all is what we're well worried
0: about. That's him. that's very fascinating. And again, that's a neck, you know, he he's coming from JUCO, so he's not used to too hostile of environments, probably. Um I think that's something I don't want to say that's something to monitor, but that is a little bit of an interesting thing to say, like, okay, maybe there is another level for him to go to as a player. It's maybe upping those percentages or maybe them as a team figuring things out to work. He doesn't need to put up six threes on the road a game, you know, because he's still shooting roughly the same amount. I wonder if
1: that includes neutrals.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I, I, uh, they I'm played four neutral game games.
1: Play. They played shit. They, so. shoot, they played five neutral games this year. So it's kind of oh,
0: that's a good point. Um, so. interesting. To anyway, that was something was I, I just literally just looked that up now. I was just yeah, curious about it.
1: No, that is interesting. Oh. Um. And the last thing I have um real quick, which is mm-hmm. <laughs> I was gonna spend longer on this. Sam Houston State, like I said last podcast, Sam Houston State men yeah. were tied for the top of conference USA uh with Louisiana Tech. Uh shout out Daniel Bacho over there at La Tech. He's yeah, he's killing it. Feasting over there. Top two players on Kim Palm's uh all conference team on uh on uh, in the in C Isaiah Crawford yeah. from La Tech and Daniel Bacho from
0: yep. La Tech. So, Oh, my goodness. Beautiful. That averaging uh, 15 and 10 right now for, for La Tech is
1: Daniel yeah. Bacho. That's how you transfer. That's you how go. you transfer, kids. That's you how go you go and dominate.
0: 2.4. Win dude, the conference.
1: Jesus. Yeah, double-double. Win your conference. Probably go make the tournament. Yeah. There you go. Um, but anyways, La Tech beats FIU by 40. And I bring that up because then Sam Houston <laughs> State plays FIU on the road and loses by seven so oh man can't lose that game can't no lose that, game. that was a that was
0: supposed to be a gimme yeah
1: disappointing. so that's that's disappointing but uh we'll see again only one game back now of i think latte's the best team in that conference by far i think they'll end up winning it but yeah. we'll see yeah they're um, they're right
0: now they're 66th in ken palm and really as the uh, same he's at second place is 179
1: <laughs> yeah i mean who wants to play that front court of crawford and bacho not me
0: that's nasty yeah have they
1: been, so they've played and the thing is yeah they, sam houston uh, did,
0: did beat them earlier this year i do know that yeah, they
1: beat la tech earlier in the year um they play again march 7th which could be like for the title de facto but yeah yeah they they've at least played to this point um we don't have to have this conversation now utep is three and five in conference it's not looking good joe it's not looking good for Joe. 322nd in offense, 72nd in defense. Might have yeah. one of – I haven't done the research on this. Has to be one of the biggest disparities offense to defense in the country. And the, th- the crazy thing is I'm not even surprised at it right now. But
0: yeah.
1: that's just how it's going. That's how it's going for Utah. Yeah. Right I, we were, they had so much promise earlier in the year, Utah. Like, really I, like, I was like, this is, this is going to be the team. This is the year. And then they do that. So
0: hasn't yeah. been hasn't been looking good. Um, been good. I mean, Tay Hardy is, is coming back to earth a bit. He is playing really. He's still scoring, but like it's more of a necessity. He's his numbers really aren't that impressive. Um, Zid Powell, they've had to rely on a lot, and you know, he's I believe Ken Palm has him rated as their best player right now, um, and he's used, fine. Too. Yeah. So yeah, it's. It's rough, man. And they really, I mean, they've never been able to shoot, but it really hurts when, you know, everything else kind of falls apart and you're trying to shoot and you really like both hit, I think Powell and Hardy are both sub 30% from three right now, I think.
1: Yeah. Powell is yeah. 23%. Hardy's 35%. So. <sighs> uh, Otis okay. Frazier, well. 25%. Uh, Corey Camper, 25%. Like uh, the, the key to me, uh, the key to me with where I think you can blame Golding. Well, obviously we this we know what he is, right? We know what this this mm-hmm. style is. But to be 357th in non-steel turnover percentage shows that mm-hmm. your offense is not fluid. It shows that you aren't your players aren't comfortable with what you're running. Because sure some of those are defenses like you know pressuring you and you throw it out of bounds or whatever. Some of them are you yeah. throwing it to a spot where you think someone should be and they're not there. And that, to me, is coaching. That, to me, is you're not getting your players comfortable. And this is year three of Golden. Yeah. Like, this can't – this shouldn't be happening. These are your players. These are guys that we know at this point. Um. So, yeah, I, it's, it's gone the complete opposite way of Rodney Terry era. <laughs> where They're yeah. just literally just not playing defense anymore. So – or not playing offense anymore. I say that. Rodney Terry's yep. team is holding offense, too. Sheesh, I'm looking back at these teams. But they had talent, at least. So, anyways, there's our rant on uh, Rod and Terran UTEP. And also, I think the UTSA Cinderella story is over.
0: Yeah, they're looking like they're coming back. They're crashing back down to earth, by the way. Uh,
1: They lost by 19 to USF, which is like, okay, cool. Uh, But then they lost to Rice at home.
0: They lost the game. They lost the game to Rice that we were hoping they would pull out that
1: was the one they needed to win so uh as fun as it was
0: i mean rice has beaten memphis and utsa but they have SMU coming up so everything could be coming back down but it is very funny that they they have memphis and and utsa as wins
1: (laughs) memphis that memphis game i watched the end of it memphis is a joke first of all i don't understand that was
0: that was dope that was so sick (laughs)
1: yeah so i i was very happy that rice beat memphis but Yes. Yeah, mostly, man. Hey, Rice got SMU today at home, or not today, tomorrow at home. So, hey, you beat them, we'll talk about you on the podcast. There you go.
0: There you go. <laughs> because we'll
1: also be talking about SMU if they lose to Rice on the podcast. So, either way, we'll talk about both of y'all. All right. Uh, that's all we got for y'all today. Hope y'all enjoyed the episode. Uh, leave a like, comment, share, subscribe. We'll be back later in the week. Also, TikTok ish. TikTok. What are we working on? Zone Star State there? on TikTok. Zone Star State on TikTok. I told my friends, I said, go follow us. So there we go. A little influx of followers. It's because of me. I'll take it. Um, But yeah, thank you all for joining us. We'll be watching basketball this week and be back uh, on Friday, most likely. to Talk to you all then. And um, yeah, we'll talk to you later.